The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the people, Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyards comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants, who will give them the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you ever read in the scriptures, The stone that builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This, is, was, this was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you, and given to a people that produces the, the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush on anyone who anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Martin Luther once said, Sometimes you have to squeeze a biblical passage until it leaks the gospel. Today's reading from Matthew is certainly one of those passages that we may have to squeeze just a bit more than usual to see and hear the good news. But trust me, it is there in the vineyard. On the surface, the parable of the wicked tenants is filled with some dark and disturbing images. The violence of the tenants and the assumed violence from the owner of the vineyard. In addition, this specific passage has fanned the flames of anti-Semitism for centuries, leaving us wondering, where on earth could the good news be in this passage? Today we find Jesus in Jerusalem between Palm Sunday and Good Friday, standing in the very shadow of the cross when he tells this brutal story to his harshest critics, his audience of the day. It is a story they would have recognized from Isaiah's Song of the Vineyard, our first reading from today. The story goes, a landowner plants a vineyard, digs a wine press, and builds a watchtower, and takes all the necessary steps and makes all the necessary investments to assure an abundant harvest. Then he leases the vineyard to the tenants. He puts them in charge to run things while he goes away to another country. When the harvest time came, he sent his servants to collect his rightful share, his return on his investment. 
But instead, the tenants brutally beat, stone, and murder his servants. And when he sends more, they are met with the same fate. Finally, he sends his son, his own flesh and blood. And the wicked tenants kill him as well, hoping that if they get rid of the son and the landowner never returns, they will inherit the vineyard and all the produce and profits to go with it, not just for one season, but for every year after that. So Jesus asks them, What will the owner of the vineyard do to the tenants when he returns? And all his opponents, all his critics can think of, is violence. He will put those wretches to a miserable death. Now this is where we start to squeeze the gospel. Notice, it is not Jesus speaking right now. It is not Jesus answering his own question. His opponents, his critics, the chief priests and the Pharisees are actually condemning themselves. It is their words, not the words of Jesus, that we hear at this moment. The truth is, that violent answer, putting those wretches to a miserable death, sounds and is horrifying. But it's not wrong. At least according to the rule of the day, the owner of the vineyard would totally be within his rights to punish the wicked tenants, even put them to death, for their unimaginable and horrific behavior towards him and certainly towards his servants and his son. And yet he doesn't. When we hear parables like the one today, our human nature is to try to identify with one of the characters or events in the story, usually the one that we believe prevents us in the best possible light. And yet if we are honest with ourselves, given the similar circumstances and the similar questions, we too most likely would have responded like Jesus' critics. We too would have called for a miserable fate. In other words, 2,000 years later, our world still assumes or even demands such retribution, such violence. Like the Old Testament codes, life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. Or to put it more simply, don't get mad, get even. This seems to be a rallying cry for so many in our society today, regardless of age, gender, or place of origin. We see violence in our communities. I'm reminded that Thursday of this past week marked the third anniversary of the Las Vegas shooting. We see violence in our streets, in our schools, and in our homes. It is physical, 
It is verbal, it is mental, and at its very core, it is intended to injure, abuse, damage, intimidate, and destroy. But let me be clear, this is not the answer God is looking for in the parable. Or from you and me today. When we squeeze this biblical passage hard enough, and we view it within our context today, we begin to see that this parable is not about the wicked tenants or Jesus' critics or even you and me for that matter, but rather it is about a merciful and loving God. A God that would have totally been within his rights to punish us for our behavior towards him and towards one another, and yet he doesn't. Because God so loved the world That he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. In other words, God did not go to all the trouble of sending his son into the vineyard merely to point an accusing finger telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. He came to put us right again. And he does so. Time after time, even when we fall along life's way, he picks us up, brushes us off, and says, you are mine, and I love you. This is not a story about a vengeful, judgmental God but rather a story where violence, pain, suffering, destruction, and even death never has the last word. It is a story of a generous, loving, gracious, and just God. A God who keeps coming back time and time again, reaching out to you and me with arms of love and grace. A God who rejoices when we rejoice and mourns when we mourn. A God who hurts when we hurt too. A God whose heart breaks over the injustices of the world and the struggles, challenges, loss, and suffering of our lives. A God who never gives up on you and me even when we feel like giving up on ourselves. A God who, even when disappointed by what we do, still comes to us in love and grace and forgiveness and peace. When we squeeze this biblical passage enough, the gospel, the good news begins to flow, for we see who God is and how God acts, even in the most difficult of times. And because of what God has done for you and me, we too then are called to live and act in this way, to care for the world God made and share God's abundant love and blessings with one another. We are called to live and act as Paul wrote to the Romans. Let love be genuine. 
Hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly, do not claim to be wiser than you are, do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take that for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. We are living in a world that none of us could have imagined a year ago. Many of us, children, teenagers, young and older adults, are struggling physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, socially. Know that you matter. Know that you are not alone. Know that you are loved beyond measure, not by a God of vengeance, but by a God of grace who walks with you in all that life brings your way. May we all bear much of this life-giving fruit for one another, And for all the world, let it be so. Amen.